All The More podcast, where we are continually searching out scriptural truths all the more. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Levi Moore, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother, Aaron Moore. Each week, we look into God's Word and see what He has for us. So, let's go ahead and dive on into His Word and see what He has this week. Welcome back to the All The More Podcast. We're glad to be uh, to be back with you. Uh, tonight we're going to be looking at the opening act part two because it's chapter two of Acts uh, where the Holy Spirit comes, Peter gives his big sermon, and then at the very end there's uh, there's some, some fellowshipping between uh, the new believers and we see how the church uh, begins to grow uh, by the thousands upon thousands. But um, uh, without further ado, let's welcome Aaron to the podcast. Hello, Aaron. Good evening. Yeah, we we uh, um, Aaron and I were were, were t- talking here uh, before the uh, before we started recording. I was kind of uh, t- telling him about our uh, we, uh, every th- uh, th- Thursday night we have a uh, typically have a, a youth Bible study uh, at, at my house for the kids in our, in our neighborhood in our community. And uh, tonight we you know uh, we, we kind of had a had a uh, a special uh, special you know I guess gathering. Um, you know, rather than meeting meeting uh, at our house, we met down at the uh, Altamaha River Park. You know, cl- close to close to the house, and and uh, you know, I, I was able to uh, uh, b- baptize uh, one of our uh, one of our youth that, that that comes over to the house, and uh, he he got saved back in back in May and was gone for the majority of of June, but. He uh, came back last week after being, being on vacation and came back and said, hey, so uh, when can I get baptized? So I said, all right, well, let's do it next week. And then uh, so we got all set up, had a big shindig down there. And uh, anyways, it was a, uh, a, a big, big, uh, big turnout. And um, and, and you, you, it, it really just you know, kind of made me think of, uh, you know, of a lot of the things that, that go on in Acts. Um you know, you know, because that's what Acts is all about is the, you know, the practice of the apostles as they go through, share the gospel and then end up baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, but um, anyhow, um, Aaron, you, uh, uh, you, you want, want, to, want to start off on the on chapter two or you, or you want me to? <clears throat> yeah, I can. Okay. In chap, uh, chapter two, verse one says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from he- heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, so yeah, here in, uh, in the beginning of, or beginning of chapter 2, it's the uh, the day of Pentecost has finally come, and, and this is the time, you know, previously in, in the... Uh, uh, I guess it was anyway. Jesus, before he ascended, he told the the apostles to wait and tr- to Jerusalem until the Spirit came. So now we're here in chapter two, and finally the Holy Spirit is is coming, and that's what it's describing to us as the uh, a sound came from he- heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And uh, it says in chapter in verse four, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance, so this is a sometimes misused, and I, I just want to preface the whole book of Acts. The whole book of Acts is in a, in a general, as a genre, is, is a narrative, as a historical text that's basically giving the the journey from of the apostles from you know the day of Jesus' ascension to heaven 
um, and it's terrible, but I'm not even sure what the exact last act of the apostle is. But anyways, basically their whole journey. And uh, when trying to decipher what is good for doctrine as far as we take out or what is good for, you know, normal things we should use and and for doctrine in our churches, it's important to understand that there's several things in the book of Acts that only happen, which I think we might have mentioned this last week or last time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that happen one time in the book of Acts, and those are simply you know, historical biblical fact, but those things shouldn't be taken as, you know, normal things that should happen. Uh, if they're, you know, happen two or three or more times, then you probably can count that as something that uh, should be expected. So, uh, you know, there are churches who believe, you know, have take this idea of the Holy Spirit and, and, and make theology around it, this whole idea of speaking in tongues. And, you know, as Christians, if you've accepted Christ, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit already. I mean, you have, you've been, you have, well, the King James would call the anointing. Um, you know, when people pray, if you ever heard anybody pray in church, say, you know, anoint the pastor, anoint this person or whatever, you know, you've been, it's asking for a blessing, you know, in the, in the Holy Spirit. And so every Christian has already has all the Holy Spirit he's going to, he's going to get, and you've got all that you, you already need. And, and so in this time, this is the first time the Holy Spirit has basically been poured out on, on earth. Uh, in the Old Testament, it was seen um, several times and for, for certain purposes, and certain people, and and uh, so you know when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, we certainly see the Holy Spirit coming down like a dove from heaven, and 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 you know landing and or coming inside of Jesus. And um, it's also interesting to point out the uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus did the things that he did. And um, but anyway, I say all that to say that you know, in the beginning here, and, and Levi, you can fill in his you know your opinions and thoughts and everything in a second. But uh, you know this is not a, a normative thing, but it's certainly a fact. And there was a certain specific purpose for the reason why the Holy Spirit caused these people to. And what it says to speak in tongues is meaning to speak in other languages that were not their own. So, uh, but anyway, what's your opinion? Yeah, Levi. Uh, <clears throat> um, well, yeah. For, uh... First, let me kind of you know, reiterate what you're talking about as far as um, you know taking you know taking things that occur in Acts um, to to form some kind of doctrine. Um, you know, one, one one thing that we that, that we see a lot of uh, today, especially in the uh, Pentecostal movement, uh, you, know, you know, like you're saying, is the whole you know, speaking in tongues, um, and and you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, like for instance, you know, a, a, a few weeks back, I was talking to a uh, to a guy at, uh, at Waffle House, uh, he's he was actually like uh, he he was the uh, uh, one of the cooks there at Waffle House, and and he was uh, you know, t- talking about kind of like his experience growing up, um, and and I think I think he was he was in the the Church of God uh, or something, and uh, anyhow he he was saying that um, you know whenever he was first there, like you know, you know he would he would these people would start like talking in these languages that he didn't didn't recognize, and so you know he he was like. Well, yeah, you know, I, I I don't want to be the odd guy out, so he started talking in some. Uh, I, th- I think it was the 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 language of the aliens from from uh, from Halo, the video game, you know, just for the sake of saying something. And uh, and 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 so, anyways, you know, I I think a lot of times, you know, people can make uh, can 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 do certain things to draw attention to themselves. But like in in, in this case, you know, it. Uh, you know, in, in verse four, what it talks about you know uh, where the the Holy uh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in, the, in other tongues as uh, the Spirit gave them utterance. I mean, if we 
you know, if you look down in the context, you know, you know, down down a few verses, you know, it, it says that you know they were speaking in the tongues of the Parthians, the Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus of a- and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of of Libya that belonged to Cyrene and Rome. I mean, all and Arabians and Cretans, like all these people, like are known people with known languages, right? And so, um. And, and and so you know, it's kind of like you know the Holy Spirit was allowing them to hear it in their own language, you know, not in some mystical, you know, unknown thing, you know, uh, which you know, you know Peter later, uh, it's either Peter or Paul later says, you know, that you know, as far as the speaking in tongues goes, I mean, you're like it shouldn't be done unless there's someone to interpret it, you know. Um, you know, right here, I want to say this real quick before I forget it. Then chapter one, which we did last time, uh, in verse starting in verse four, Jesus Jesus says, uh, "You've heard from me, for John uh, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now." That's you know what he's promising, right? The Spirit coming in verse two, and then right down past there in, in verse seven, it says, "Is not it is not for you to know times or season which the Father has put to His own authority." But you shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And um, the, you know the power, the anointing, the you know the Holy Spirit. You know, like Levi was saying, you know they're speaking in known languages. Because understand, there will be a lot of people in Jerusalem because this is the day of Pentecost, which was a Jewish holiday previous to Jesus anyway. And so it was on the same day. There's tons of people in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, the whole reason is so you can be witnesses to me. So all the preaching that we're about to see in a few minutes for Peter and all the things being done, you know, everybody there could see and understand and hear in their own language, like you're saying, and to be for the simple fact of to be witnesses to me, me being Christ. Yeah, because like everything is supposed to be you know, for the glory and furtherance of Christ's kingdom. Yeah, you know, it's not supposed to be to, to glorify you know, Aaron or glorify Levi. It's to glorify God. Uh, I mean, it, 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 if we're doing anything you know, for ourselves, we're we're wasting our time and wasting his. And and uh, you know, uh, one, one, one last thing to you know, talk about uh, talking about the um, using acts, you know, things that occur, especially early on in acts, to 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 create you know doctrine or or, or, or precedents for things. Um, you know, one one, one thing that uh, I, I I was uh, talking uh, to to some people in a uh, in a group on Facebook, uh, Soteriology One Hundred One. Um, this is the, is the name of the group, uh, run by Leighton Flowers. Uh, anyhow, he, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I, I posed the question cause yeah, I, I had noticed something and I, and, and while I was reading through through Acts, uh, a few weeks ago and, and, and I hadn't, I guess it just hadn't, I hadn't really noticed it or remembered noticing it uh, previously, but, uh, you know, that, that there was a time where, where, you know, uh, you know, that there were people that believed, uh, you know, in Christ and then, you know, Paul, or excuse me, Peter, uh, had to go to them in Samaria and and lay their hands on them, and then they received the Holy Spirit. And then the same thing happened later in chapter ten. You know, uh, you know, there 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 were some Gentiles that believed, and then Peter went to them and laid his hands on them, and then they received the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, there, there's you know, uh, you know, that those those acts, those kind of things, don't happen anymore because you know, when we you know. Or when we uh, are saved today, we receive the Holy Spirit, you know, simultaneously. However, at that point, you know, it, you know, it was kind of a uh, an act of of um, you know 
making the you know, God was using the Jews to go out, you know, the, you know, especially like you know, Peter and Paul and them, you know, using them to go out to these uh, other groups and include them into or you know, graft them into the uh, in, into the vine, as it were. Um, and so you know, they were breaking down these cultural barriers and walls. But anyhow, you know, today we don't do that. Today we, you know, the Holy Spirit dwells us immediately. But uh, anyhow, I just wanted to make mention of that. Um, so I, I, I reckon we, we, we can go ahead and, and uh, uh, you know, go down here to, to, to verse um, verse 12. Uh, it says, uh, and all were amazed and perplexed, you know, saying to one another, what does this mean? You know, because they were talking about here, the, hearing the disciples talking in, in all these and all, all their all the languages there. Um, it says, verse 13, but others mocking said they are filled with new wine, a.k.a. wine that would you know, make you very drunk. Um so that they, they, they thought, you know, but 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 you know, it was. Well, anyways, uh, we'll, we'll get that here in a minute. But um, so uh, let's go ahead and and and, and look, look at look at the the start of the start of Peter's sermon. So uh, starting in verse fourteen, says uh, Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what you what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit." And they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, uh, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God was crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Um, I'll go, go ahead and stop there. Um, so, so you, 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 uh, you know, Peter, you know, hearing th- these people mocking them, he, he immediately addresses the problem. Uh, and, and, and so he, he, he says, you know, men of Judea, you know, like you, you think that we're drunk, but we're not, you know, for one thing, it's only the third hour of the day. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the Jews, you know, typically started counting the, the hours from, from sunrise appro- approximately around 6 a.m. Um, and so, you know, the third hour of the day would mean that this was, you know, nine in the morning. Um, so, uh, only the, 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 the lowest of low people in the, in society, you know, would, were drunk at that hour because that's all they wanted to do was to be drunk. Uh, we still have some of those people today around us, but, um, anyhow, uh, you know, you know, Paul, you know, excuse me, Peter, uh, and if I say Paul tonight, I'm probably meaning Peter. But anyways, Peter, uh, he, he, he continues on. Uh, and, 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 you know, and brings, brings about, uh, or, or, you know, uh, quotes from, uh, from Joel or from the prophet Joel. And, uh, anyhow, he, he, uh, you know, starts, you know, saying, you know, talking about how, how, you know, God had promised that he was going to be pouring out his, his spirit upon those, um, you know, 
who 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 would who would who would accept his son um and so um yeah the the this uh part from Joel here is from uh uh Joel 228 uh is you know uh, where 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 it starts and so the these um these events during Pentecost they weren't weren't they weren't like 100% ful- uh, fulfillment of Joel's prophecy but you know most of what we see described in this account from Joel um you know that 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 takes place at a later time but you know the pouring out of the spirit begins you know at Pentecost um and so uh yeah that that that, that was the you know, kind of the, the the thing thing he was talking about there um yeah and and, and you know, there, there were some here in verse 19 um no excuse me verse 20 you know, where where it says that the uh, the the sun shall be turned to darkness and the and the moon to blood um the you know that 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 references uh from a from an astrological um standpoint you know there there will be um you know blood moons uh aka a um what you call it uh lunar eclipse or and and the sun turned to turn to darkness is a solar eclipse so uh you know the, the the those things you know some people have put you know many or, or too, you know, far too much emphasis on those uh, occurrences. I mean, not that they're unimportant, but that they, you know, the fact that they put so much emphasis on them, uh, you know, is is some cause for concern for some people. Um, but anyhow, um, and so so you, you know, uh, he he, uh, he f- finishes out this that uh, this this account of Joel, where it says, and it came, to, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so you know, you know, Paul is uh, Peter is again. Pointing to um, you know, to you know, calling on the Lord, as in you know, calling on his, you know the name of His Son, uh, and, and and you know, and, and believing in Him, put place in their faith in them, and that will uh, result in their salvation. Um, and so, and then you know, Peter, he 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 ties it all together. You know, he 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 takes it from an Old Testament passage because right now the New Testament doesn't exist. He like Peter is living out the New Testament right now, and so he's t- taking from their scriptures the Old Testament and points out the fact that you know that, that you know Jesus is the one that that you know Joel was t- that, that you know Joel prophesied about. Jesus is the one that that uh, that you know was crucified by the by the hands of lawless men, and so. Uh, you know, going on into verse 24, it says, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So, uh, Aaron, uh, you got anything on that, that section? Well, I just, one thing I was thinking about, well, two things I was thinking about. The first thing I was thinking about was um, the way Peter was defending uh, what had happened or the way he was preaching, because in my Bible, it's listed a, this little subsection, sub-styles, subtitles, Peter's sermon. You know, he's preaching to the people here at Pentecost, which I think would have been an absolutely magnificent time to be preaching. But uh he's he's preaching and, and the first thing he goes he does is he goes to the to the scripture, to the old testament or to the Bible. And uh, I think that's a a, ver- a good example and, and the application in our, our own time to you know, you need to know the scriptures. Because like in this particular time, I don't know for a fact, but I doubt Peter wasn't just toting around a scroll with him for him to whip out and, and uh, you know, start reading from the scroll, you know, which would have been the, you know, their scripture at the time. You know, he probably had memorized these things. And um, I think it's an importance to memorize scripture for So in times like these, because these people above, you know, they're, they're mocking and they're, they, they don't understand. And, and so in teaching and preaching, we need to you know, memorize scripture and be, and be ready uh, to use it, just like Peter says in First Peter three sixteen, when he says, "Always be ready to to give a defense 
or you know to give a reason for the hope that is within you and um here he is doing that and um secondly uh there's people today and some even some pastors who say that we should unhitch ourselves from the old testament and um you know the think of the, the god that's in the old testament but just in this exact little piece text that we're studying tonight you can see the importance of the old testament for if nothing else to to prove who christ is through the prophecy and um I think it. You know, think of the Old Testament as a checklist or a list of criteria to who the Messiah is supposed to be, and then um, you know we can we've we have over over the two thousand years, and these men, including Peter, have Peter not only you know met and walked and was taught by Jesus, but he measured Christ against the Scriptures, and you know of course he passed. And um, so anyway, I just I thought that was we can we can you can use that as an example in our in dealing with uh, preaching and teaching today i'll pass it on to you yeah yeah the um uh you know be, being able to uh make a defense is is crucial um in our uh uh in our in our christian walk and and, and yeah i think far too many people put put far too much emphasis on the new testament i mean the new testament is great you know uh you know the new, the new testament tells us of all the the uh, saving glory of christ but you know uh, all the people that got saved in the New Testament were saved because of something that happened in the Old Testament. Right. You know, I mean, you know, w- without the Old Testament, there wouldn't be a new. Um, and and, and yeah, like you, I've told other people, you know, the Old Testament is like, and you know, and I told you this before, but like in you know, athletic or te- sports teams, like football teams, like you know, football teams will go back and watch the tapes and uh you know before to prepare for the next game or something you know or go watch the tapes of their opponent or something and i think you know the old testament is like watching the tapes and the new testament is like looking at the playbook you know the old testament you understand you know where you came from and so and, you know the old testament describes and all of us and is depravity you know the sin of man you know all that happened in old in the old testament we see throughout the old testament the sin and depravity of man and um and of course you know in the new testament we see you know this is the playbook you know now that we know who christ is and through the epistles of paul and and peter and and uh the other other people james and everybody you know we see the you know now that we now that christ has come what do we do from here and how do we you know serve in a church and you know all these other things so i, I think that's important the 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 other thing you know, i wanted to, to to mention too was you know like you were saying um about you know uh, us being being ready to you know, ready to to make a defense you know you know you know scripture memorization you know is, is a crucial thing because you know peter you know like you were saying again you know, peter didn't have ready access to uh to the scriptures i mean he you know when when he read them you know he he read he had, he had to read them and learn them because you know it may not be for for a good long while before he's able to get back to the temple or to the to the 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 um the synagogue where the scrolls were kept and so uh you know he, he had to, to to you know spend his time wisely uh when he had access to them uh and so you know you know, we we as christians today should do the same you know uh you know I, uh you know we, we the majority the vast majority of people in the united states uh ha- have a smartphone if they don't have a smartphone they have access they have easy access to a computer you know, even if it's not at home, there's one at the library. Which, if if you're at the library, the library is going to have a going to have a Bible somewhere in there. And so, you know, you, you you can't just go around with your Bible app or whatever and and you know, scroll scroll through it and 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 read through it uh, you know aimlessly. Yeah, you know, that that's just passive reading. Yeah, you know, and and, and we can't passively passively read the Word of God because the Word of God is an active thing. 
we must you know actively participate in the reading of the of, of God's word and make it a part of ourselves versus just you know oh I I, I read read through today's reading reading plan I'm done for the day you, know, you need to go in and do some study and do some you know, some digging um, but anyways uh, so let, we we can kind of kind of go on here to um, ver, verse 25 you know uh, Peter continues on he says um, for David says concerning him uh, I saw the Lord always before me for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced my flesh also will dwell in hope for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your holy one see corruption you have made known to me the paths of life you will make the full gladness with your presence brothers I may say to you uh, with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand, uh, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, pause there for, for a moment. So uh, you know, King David, he was you know he was the uh, the pinnacle of all um, Jewish um, I guess goals. You know, everyone wanted to be you know like King David. They 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 held King David in such high regard, uh, and, and and so you know whenever whenever you know Peter begins to, to to speak of David, you know of course everyone's ears are gonna perk up. Oh, it's David, what? Um, and so you know uh, he 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 quotes here uh you know quotes here a passage uh, uh from from the Psalms um. And so, you know, the, the, this passage is is a uh, is from from Psalm 16, and it was something that David himself had written, and uh, so you know, the, 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 this was a a uh, a, a uh, I guess a messianic uh, a messianic psalm because it spoke specifically about the Messiah uh, and and the and the days to come, and so uh, you know David David knew that God was not going to allow his uh you know his descendant that is you know jesus and 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 jesus was david's descendant through mary not through joseph even though both mary and joseph were descendants of david but uh but you know jesus but you know god had 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 said that uh you know that 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 a um uh that through the male line of um of david's family you know an heir could not come um so it had to be through Mary, uh, and, I, and I can't remember where where, where that that curse was that, that God pronounced, but I'll have to look that up later. But anyways, um, so so you, you know, David knew that 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 God was going to set his his descendant on the throne, and and, and we know that he is talking about the 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 um, what you call it the Messiah, because in verse twenty seven it says, "For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your holy one." see corruption the holy one there is referring to christ uh or to the messiah um and so you know you know peter peter goes on in and verses uh, verse 29 
you know, he he says, you know, we we still have King David, you know, with us. His body and his tomb are still here. Um, but Jesus is not. You know, he says here, here in, in 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 verse thirty two, this Jesus uh, God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. And for something to be legal and to be uh, taken as as truth under Jewish law, there had to be the person saying it and the two witnesses. So, uh, you know, they had at least you know the. Peter, the person saying it, and 11 other witnesses. But, uh, Aaron, you got something? Which is, well, that's, there's nothing to do with what we're talking about, but that's where the two or three are gathered. Uh, talking about, you know, people say, you know, where two or three are gathered, and Jesus said, I'll be there also. Right. And uh, people think that's, you know, some kind of reference to, uh, you know, if we have two or three people together, we can have church, you know, we can worship God or something. But um, it's actually in reference to what you're talking about, you know, to have witnesses in, in church discipline or, you know, in and rebuking false teachers or whatever. And, uh, you know, Jesus was telling them, you know, when you go and do these things, I'll be there with you. But uh, that's nothing to do with what we're talking about. But, uh, but yeah, I was just thinking I couldn't find it fast enough, but it's in Ephesians and in, uh, in, the, in the certain text, uh, Psalm 16, when uh, David says, uh, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Uh, I can't remember. I guess it's I guess it's in Psalm 16. I haven't turned there to look. But, uh, but that's, uh, well, I won't even go into it because we're, I'll dive off in the weeds. No, I was. You just go ahead and keep on going. All right. Um. Well, since we've uh, averted the weed weed whacking, um. Yeah, it'll been a while. <laughs> um. Uh, all right. Well, we can go go on here to uh, verse um verse thirty four. Uh, says uh, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. So there we go. There Peter puts the nail in the coffin. You know he he uh, uh, you know he 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 you know, starts off you know, in verse you know, verse thirty four and thirty five, identifying uh, you know, through um, through uh, through the Psalms um, that Jesus is the Lord. Uh, he says, "The Lord said to my Lord, you know, so you know, how, you know, how would God be talking to to David? Well, he wouldn't be. God, God is you know, the Lord said to the, you know, my Lord Jesus, uh, you know, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool." Um, which that's also reference to Psalm two, right? Yeah, that, that, that's um, where is that from? Is that Psalm one 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 ten? Yeah, yeah, Psalm one ten one says, uh, "The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool." Um, and, and, and so, so, uh, here it is, you know, that, that this passage is, is, you know, predicting that, that, you know, the time between, um, between Christ's ascension and Christ's return, uh, you know, because right now Christ is sitting, you know, at his right hand or excuse me, Christ is sitting at God's right hand, you know, until God has made, you know, Christ's enemies, his footstool until he's, he's humbled them and, and, and knocked them down a few notches, uh, but um, and so 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 then then you know, Peter Peter pu- you know, pull, pulls out the big guns here on verse thirty six, and 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 you know, points out that uh, that this Jesus whom you crucified you know that you know Jesus was crucified by you Jews you people of, of Judea and Jerusalem uh you know, y'all were the ones that was that crucified him and yet you know you were the ones who who didn't realize or you probably knew but didn't want to acknowledge who he was. And so, uh, you know, that, 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 that's kind of where, where we move on here in verse 37. It says, Now, when they heard this, 
they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. What? 3,000 souls. Um, could, could you imagine going into, uh, going into church Sunday, Aaron, and uh, having 3,000 people there to begin with? Not really. Um, Actually, no, I couldn't at all. Because, <laughs> because, I mean, no doubt about it. Like, every pew in, in that church would be full. There would be standing room only in the church. Then there'd probably you'd probably have to put standing up, room only in the parking lot. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You probably have to put put up some put up some PA some big PA system out in the parking lot, and and you you, know, ha, you have a line going down going down uh, you know, the main street there. I mean, that gummit. <laughs> and 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 you know, surely it'd be a, be a whole whole different story story too here in Everett. You know, they're I mean, like 50 people, I and mean, we're we're a packed house. You know, so. I, yeah, I could imagine three thousand, but uh, anyhow, you know, you know, so so you know, there we had three thousand people. They they heard what they had done. They realized the wrongness of what they had done, and what do they do? They ask, "What shall we do?" You know, they were seeking how do we how do we fix what we've done? Well, the the only thing to do, Peter says, is to repent. So as to turn away from everything everything bad, everything against God that you've done. You know, uh, forsake all that life and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Something else should be said. You know, we can look at this this particular text here and think that you know it nailed it nailed them in the coffin. But you know, Peter might as well have been speaking to me and you and everyone listening because because of our sins and transgressions and rebellion against God. Um, you know, we crucified him too. Right. If we, if we were there standing at the foot of the cross, we've been or we've been hollering crucify him too, because every time we sin, we're yelling crucify him, and um and so that that should be pretty sobering, pretty sobering to all of us. Well, and and you, you what what why do you think they wanted to crucify him? I mean, it it, it comes down to one word, pride. You know, yeah. that pride is the beginning and end of all sin. You know, when when we you know when we you know think well what do i want how can i get what i want right now you know it's all about me it's not about it's not about you it's not about anyone else it's all about me and so um you know that, that's kind of, kind of the same thing that happened right you know, right there in the garden of eden with Adam and eve uh you know, you know eve you know she she was you know gullible you know taken advantage of by by satan and then uh, you know, Adam, he didn't didn't make didn't make any effort to defend her, and um, and and you know, all of it started because Satan's pride. Yeah, you because know, Satan, you know, he wanted to be he wanted to be God, but you know, God, of course, didn't let him have what he wanted. Uh, and so, anyways, you know, pride, you know, for these people here in in, in Jerusalem, you know, that's why they wanted to crucify him because you know, 
Jesus would have held them accountable. Um, same well, I thing. Think, it, think of what we're talking about. I will say this real quick. Um, get old Isaiah 6, which is one of the most fantastic chapters in the Bible. Um, I was thinking about, you know, imagine, you know, you're there, the people uh, that Peter's preaching to, and imagine the conviction that will be over you. And um, I'll tie this back in in a second. But in Isaiah chapter 6, you know, Isaiah is having a vision or he's in the throne room of God and he's in God's presence and he's seeing God and not all of his glory, but part part of it. And, you know, the seraphim are standing above God in Isaiah 6, chapter 3, and they're, they're yelling, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And in verse 4, it says, and the posts and the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And in verse 5, it says, this is Isaiah speaking, it says, so I said, woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips from my eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts and i was just thinking uh you know isaiah in this text just like the men standing before peter were under conviction because you know just like the men standing in front of peter and, and this and isaiah they were both you know good jews you know uh just like paul paul the craziest thing about paul's persecution of the christians is is he was when paul was persecuting the christians he thought he was doing the work of god he thought he was being a good jew he thought he was doing god's work and then jesus meets on the road to damascus and says paul or saul why are you persecuting me and you know and here isaiah and isaiah 6 he's standing in the presence of god and and the only thing he can do you know whenever he saw the presence of god he didn't see it and um and you know just shout for glory because he was standing and in the presence of God, he was immediately convicted and he realized who he was and who God is. And the only thing he could do was get on his hands and knees. And the Hebrew word that uh, the word undone is translated from is to be literally uh, to be coming loose at the seams, like a fabric garment just unraveling. And um, and and Isaiah in this text here, he thought he was, you know, he's sinned grievously against God. He was going to die just like the people here in Acts chapter two there. I can imagine being in the crowd and they're understanding the weight of what they've done. That Peter just says, "Well, you've crucified the Son of God," and uh, and the guilt. And so, whenever they say, "You know, well," they ask Peter. You know, says, "Uh, uh what?" The, uh, let's say here it says, it "says now." When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, and "The rest of the apostles, uh, men and brethren, what shall we do?" I mean, I, I can't even imagine the the conviction. Just like you know, Isaiah was convicted, and the, and the and the whole point of the story is, I think. And like what we're about to see with this, the vital church growing, the growth in the church, uh, people experiencing real worship. I think for, you have to be first brought to your knees because of the conviction of sin and depravity in your own life and, and understand that and repent, just like Peter's telling them here. And then once we have repented of our sins, then and only then can we experience church growth, spiritual growth, personal growth. And can we experience real worship in a, in a union with God? And um but anyway, I about got off in the weeds on that, but I'll let you have that. <laughs> you know, you're you t- talking about you know, about real real worship too. Um, you know, we I I think you know, uh, especially in in older churches, uh, and I'm not necessarily saying churches with older members, but I'm just talking about you know well established churches that have been around for a long time. Um, they typically they can have a higher propensity to uh, to get caught up in the ritual of something versus right. you know worshiping because they should worship you know like because you know uh that they, they, they call it, oh we have to sing these certain songs we have to have the service in this specific order we have to do this certain thing every single sunday um they get caught up in the ritual and forget why they're doing it um if we forget the why then the ritual is just that a ritual with no meaning 
and uh right. and, and so you, you uh it, it's like i think it was uh last sunday or, or, or two sundays ago uh the uh sunday school lesson for that week um was uh you know jesus and the uh woman at the well um or and and, and you, you know the uh, you know it was the 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 uh, samaritan woman who said we well, you know, are uh, our, our family, our, our, our people, we, uh, we we worship on the mountain, but you know, you Jesus and your people say that you have to worship in the temple in Jerusalem. And Jesus comes back, comes back and says, "Well, there's a day coming when when you know, neither it'll be neither on the mountain nor in the temple, but you know, those who God seeks to worship will be worshiping in spirit and in truth." Well, whatever happened to the spirit and the truth? You know, so you know, uh, like I was saying, you, you know, we 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 get caught up in in, in the ritual of it. But we've forgotten the truth, and we don't involve the spirit, and so right. that's that's um the, the, the only response someone who is saved by the grace of God and who is full with the Holy Spirit, which we, we don't a preacher hollering at us at the church service telling us to get full of the Holy Spirit doesn't get you full of the Holy Spirit it's through the you know relationship with Christ, but you know we just have to be uh oh yeah the the only response to have of knowing that you've been saved and you know your sins have been forgiven. The only re- response a person can have should be worship and, you know, and and thankfulness that, like in Isaiah, you know, he was unraveled because he was standing in the glory of God and he was thinking that, you know, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm about to get whacked. God's about to, you know, take me out. Right. Just like these people here, you know, they're thinking, you know, the only, what I deserve is death. You know, what I deserve is to be, is to be taken out. But because God showed grace and mercy upon me because of my faith in Jesus Christ, the only thing you should do is, is, you know, bow down and worship right because of your thankfulness and your and all that well, well and and you, you know what while we're kind of a little bit off in the weeds i i, I thought i'd t- you take the opportunity to take one more detour into the weeds um Yippee. The, um you know that this uh uh la- last sunday uh I, I i had the opportunity to uh uh, uh preach at Northside. um and and you know the the, the passage I, you know that i preached was uh you know for uh, colossians uh, one nine through fourteen, and and you know, the 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 main the main focus uh, you know, that 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 I I got got from this passage uh, was you know, in in verse ten where it says you know, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, and then you know, the rest of verse ten and in and in, uh, verse eleven and part of twelve, you know, it it, it tells us you know, it, it you know, lists what um, what characteristics. Uh, can be found in a Christian who is walking worthy of the Lord, and you know, to to give them very briefly, you know, is to be bearing fruit. Well, what fruit is the fruit of the Spirit? You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like those are the fruit that we should be bearing. If we aren't bearing those fruit, then there's a problem with our walk uh, with the Lord. It's, you know, and we should be bearing fruit in every good work. Uh, it, it's what what the passage says, and well, so if we're doing good works, I mean, if we're just pew sitting, are we doing good works? No, we have to be we have to be active in the church and active in our community. Get outside the four walls, do something. Um, Reach. It's in uh, in Titus talking about you know Christians should be zealous for the work of the Lord. Right. Uh, meaning, well, you know, fire you know, sit, it up. I mean, sit, sit, sitting on a pew is not being zealous. Maybe we need to have some overly heated pews, you know, <laughs> get some people, yeah. get some people with some, some, some fire under their buns. Um, yep. the, you know, uh, another thing about walking worthy is that we are to be increasing in the, in the knowledge of God. Well, how do we increase the knowledge of God? Well, there's prayer for one thing. 
you know, and, and listening to what God has to say in response is just as important as us saying what, you know, talking to God. Because you know, too often we, we, we don't sit down and shut up and realize that G, that God is and always will be God, and we're not. Um, then, of course, there's also studying Scripture and memorizing Scripture. We've already talked about that a little earlier t- tonight. Um, then, there, then there's evangelism, where you need to get out and share the gospel with some people. Because, I mean, that in itself is, is a... Is a um, a very powerful experience when you, you know, tell people, "Hey, I I know what problem you have, and I have the solution to it, uh, and it's not me, it's Jesus." Uh, and finally, you know, there's you know meaningful fellowship, you know, with, with with other Christians, and and I say meaningful because you know a lot of times, especially when you're with us Baptists, we think of think of uh, fellowship as an oh, let's have a potluck dinner, and uh, and then we get together and eat and, and stuff our faces, and then not once do we mention God except when we're praying to, you know, before before the meal. Um, Last two things is you know we're we're uh, to be you know be strengthened by all power of the Holy Spirit, and we're to be giving thanks because God has given us everything, and so you know those five characteristics should be found in everyone who is walking worthy and everyone who is wanting to worship in spirit and truth, to everyone who is going to be an active believer and disciple of Jesus Christ, and once we are doing those things, then we will see results like they have here in Acts 41, or like they have in the next five verses in verses 42 to 47. Um, I mean, we, we, we've got to get out of our own way and be filled by the Holy Spirit. I mean, because the Holy Spirit indwells us, of course, but are, but do we allow the Spirit to work in us and through us? Um, Aaron, you, you want, to, want to get those last five verses? What, which one am I starting at? Uh, 42 to 47. Okay, I thought you were doing those. It says, uh, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of the bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as everyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from the house to house, they ate their food with gladness, or with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. See, uh, uh, what I start off at 42, in verse 42, are going down. The first time I read this, it sounded kind of like communism, where uh, you know, basically, which does say everyone's sharing everything and everybody's working together for the common good, which is not to say that we should be communist and live in a commune. But I think this this text does talk specifically about you know the church being in unity and in, in one accord. And um, there's four separate. You might have to let me come back to it because I know there's there's four specific things in the text that are necessary for church growth. And uh, I just talks about the breaking of the bread, which could be like as we as Baptists a lot of times we uh if I was saying these potluck dinners or fried chicken or whatever, uh, people come together to share meals. And um, anyway, I'll just let you go ahead and I'll have to re- re- rethink about it. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, to read and think at the same time. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. uh, the um, you know, starting in verse 42, um, you know, f- first you know, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay, so the apostles' teaching was the exposition of Scripture, the exposition of the Old Testament and what Christ had done and what Christ had taught them. Yeah, because you know, they were only passing on what Christ had said um, and what Christ had revealed to them. So they were they were they were learning about Jesus Christ and what He had done. Uh, and then it says uh, uh, they they were de- uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. You know, and that fellowship is described as 
uh, you know, using uh, uh, an appositional phrase uh, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So, uh, your fellowship is 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 a matter of both prayer and the breaking of bread. Um, yeah, because you know, the, 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 of course, there's the, the the getting the getting fed part, but two, you know, the breaking of bread, you know, could also refer to, uh, you know, the actual Lord's Supper, you know, you know, doing so in remembrance of me, um, and then you know the prayers, of course, there's you know uh, prayers of thanksgiving to God, but there's also prayers of intercession where we pray for one another. You know, Galatians six two says, you know, uh, bear one another's bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. That law being the law of love, you know, when we bear each other's burdens, especially when we do so in prayer. Um, in verse uh, you know, 43, it says, And awe, or fear, came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs being done through the apostles. In verse 44, it says, And all who, um, all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions. So basically, you know, here, here they, you know, they like, like Aaron was saying, um, you know, it, it's not communism, but it's, you know, they didn't hold possessions in such great esteem that they were unwilling to part with them if someone had had a need. Um, you know, and, 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 and you know, I, I think that that's what, you know, what, what a lot of people today, myself included, get caught up in is our value of our of our possessions more so than something else uh, that has more an eternal value. Um, yeah. If everybody, you know, in the church like this today, if everybody would do exactly what Christ said to do, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. If everybody would take care of each other in equally, then, I mean, the world would be a fantastic place. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. Right. Uh, but it definitely, I mean, it, it would be fantastic. Well, and, 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 um, well, and do, do, do you think, um, it, is it more important to to follow a, a strict schedule? Like, let's have church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? Or is it more important that we worship God on a regular basis. Yeah, man, I definitely think it's important to have it on a regular basis, but I definitely think you should have it on Sunday too. Oh, sure, sure. No, no, I, I'm not saying to 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 um, get rid of Sunday in general, but I'm just saying, like, you know, for, for the longest time, you know, for a century or so at least, you know, there, especially in America, there's been this: we have to have, have church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Wednesday night. But yeah, before electricity, they couldn't even have church at night, right? Because you'd be sitting in the dark, right? And so, um, yeah. And so, so you, you, what, what I'm saying is that, you know, uh, some churches today, you know, are are being are, are being as bold as to think, well, hmm, you know, we'll definitely have church on on Sunday morning because like that's that's just like that's you know what what uh, the Lord's day that's the Lord's day right, um, you know, we'll definitely have it Sunday morning, but rather than having it again Sunday night or 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 Wednesday night. We can break it up into you know like a Tuesday night and Thursday night thing, or or you know, some other time during the week, whatever works best for the people in the community, so they can reach the most people in the community. You see what I'm saying? I think, yeah, and the and the fellowship part. I think uh, in church in general, you know, we have these fellowships, and sometimes or these these gatherings or these little special functions or whatever. And um, I don't know what the our listeners what their churches do, but it seems like sometimes they can be forced or superficial or you know. Oh yeah, I don't want to say fake but it's kind of like you know we would just pick a date and we're going to have this thing where we're basically uh just after church we have some kind of little lunch thing or whatever and and it's kind of like a ho-hum who cares you know we all get fat and full and go home <laughs> and uh but i think that if the church really wanted to fellowship i i think this the sense of you know it's amazing in, in, in my own time how many people do i actually call myself a friend with that i actually go to church with which is unfortunate because i don't really have that many right 
And like, you know, how many people at church do you, uh, you know, see or hang out with or call or whatever, you know, just on a regular basis when it has nothing to do with church. And, uh, most people would probably say very little, which most people or a lot of people in America don't even know who their neighbor is, much less, you know, hang out with people at church or whatever. Well, and, and a lot of people, you know, overuse the word friend, you know, you know, especially with the advent of social media, you know, you have friends on MySpace way back in the day. Now you have friends on Facebook and I mean, half the time you don't even know who the person is, you know, more than, oh, that's their screen name. Um, and they're your quote unquote friend, but you know, yeah, like friends in the sense that you actually love each other, care about each other, help each other. Right. Uh, you know, enjoy each other's company and, and you can hold each other accountable in your uh, Christian walk and, you know, whatever else. I mean, it's important to have friends. It's like, it's important to have family. And, you know, I think if the church, which we are supposed to be the body of Christ, um, you know, that if, if the church would act like a body instead of, you know, we're coming to this country club once a week and to hang out and look pretty, um, sing a couple songs and go home. You know, if we would act like the body of Christ, like a family, like we really are brothers and sisters in Christ, um, it would be a completely different worship service. Oh, it would be. Or be a completely different church in general. We're like, what is the church? Church is not the building, but the church is the local called out body of believers. And uh, if everybody, you know, joined together like we're supposed to be like, and that's the, that's why the church was growing here in Acts 2. It's because they were doing these things. Right. They were doing, they were, they were being Christian. Isn't that funny? Oh, they yeah, right. Like Christians. And so, and God was blessing it because, you know, it says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Yeah, so it, it was it, being faithful. It, it wasn't the church that was adding it. It was God that was adding it. Right. They were just doing what they're supposed to do. And, um, you know, which does involve, you know, preaching, evangelism and you know, worshiping, praying and breaking bread together and sharing and caring about their neighbor. And then because of that, at the very end there, you know, they're 47 praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, those who are being saved. So, I mean, there's a lot of churches out there who, which I think is a, is a extremely unfortunate and false way to look at things you know i've i have a friend which you know the guy but i won't mention him his name but you know he was at a, at a view of a call you know uh, looking to be a pastor at another church and he was there with the uh, uh whatever you call it what's the name of the committee search committee or whatever yeah you call them. And yeah they were uh you know he just asked them you know they're having like a open conversation and he just asked the the, the search committee you know says you know well, what are your goals for the church and what are your expectations of me you know me being this guy who's wanting to be the preacher and uh, and basically they just said that well we just really like to see our numbers grow you know, we've just been going down a long time we just like to see more people come and uh and the unfortunate thing is you know the but the attitude they never had was you know this this attitude of of unity of attitude of you know we want to light the whole world on fire for jesus you know we want to be the salt and the light and um you know they just wanted to see their numbers grow but meanwhile like we talk about the moss backs or the pew sitters or the whatever you want to call them no, moss you know, backs <laughs> if you if you just if people just i mean it's, it's you know i would say it's plainly written out if you like talking, this is a narrative history so this actually happened you know this people are doing what they're supposed to do and uh you know and god takes care of the rest so anyway you know, you, you know um i i think here here in, in uh in verse you know versus or verse 46 specifically uh it, it really speaks a lot about um these early christians relationship um you know with christ it says and day by day aka daily on a regular basis, consistently, says, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, 
they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added the number day by day, those who were being saved. And, and so, so I, I think one, one thing that, that, that we have, we as Christians have, have, have lost sight of, um, is how big of a difference, uh, you having some form of, of, uh, a lot of people today call them small groups or discipleship groups or something like where you meet in someone's home and not at the church house. You know, uh, um, that is such a, a different experience versus meeting in the church. You know, for, for a lot of people, you know, some people think, you know, you know, think that you have to act a certain way in the church, which I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I agree that you need to be you know, reverent within the church building, but I mean, the building itself isn't the church. I mean, it's dedicated ground to you know, the the ministry and work of Christ, but but uh, you know when, when you're meeting you know in someone's home, you, you know some people can have a much more um, relaxed, I guess, uh, disposition and can ask you know, more questions. And I don't know, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I was uh, I know I've told you about uh, Robbie Gallaty before. Uh, he he's the uh, uh, pastor up in a uh, uh, Long Hollow, uh, I think it's Long Hollow Baptist Church up in uh, up in Tennessee. Um, but anyhow, he he uh, uh, you know uh, founded uh, what's called uh, Replicate Ministries, um, and uh, he he wrote a book, uh, a book series. You know, the first book being Growing uh, Growing Up, and a couple other books. But anyways, uh, you know, it, it 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 deals with uh, you know, how to grow, uh, how to how to grow your church, not only numerically but also spiritually, and and, and it goes through these kind of what we you know, what he calls D groups, um, which you know, are essentially. You know, you have uh, one person who is a a mentor or a facilitator who chooses or you know or whatever you know, meets up with you know, two or three other people, uh, you know on a on a uh, on a weekly basis, and they you know uh, for a specific amount of time. You know, so, some people do it six months, some people do it for a year, whatever it may be, and they you know commit to seeking after God. And they do it, and 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 so they they they, they go th- go through this process, and and so while they are going through this process, the mentor is teaching the other two or three people how to go about doing the very same thing. For, so then you have it's, it's almost kind of like a pyramid scheme. You, know, you right. have one person you know, training two or three people to go choose later at a later time two or three other people who then will choose two or three other people, and then you know that that's how you replicate. But you know you have to make disciples who make disciples. I mean that is our goal. That is our commission from 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 Jesus Christ is to make disciples. And when it's biblical, if you see the word, you know, Jesus trained twelve men. Right. Uh, and he really poured. He really poured into three men. Right. Peter, James, and John. Right. And then you know it's the pyramid scheme. You like to say, you know, and they Paul goes out and he's he, he's a church planner slash missionary, and he goes you know, to all these Thessalonica and Ephesus and. Colossae and all these other places, and you know he builds up the church there, and he moves on to the next place, builds up the church there, and moves on to the next place. Right, and uh, and all of them did that. I mean, all all the apostles in general, but it's biblical. That's that's the model that Jesus started. So. Well, and, and, and that's what I'm saying is that like you know we have the answer, we have the keys to the kingdom right here in Scripture. It tells us what we're supposed to do, but do we do it? And that's the problem is that a lot of times we don't do it. And that was you know that that was really one one of the larger. Um, uh, I guess reasons why Hannah and I chose, uh, you know, to to do this uh, Thursday night Bible study uh, at our house, you know, f- you know for the 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 youth you know, in our community, because you know uh, at the time, you know, Hannah and I weren't even members, you know, members of Ever Baptist yet. We were just, you know, we were still at Northside, and 
and but you know there was nothing happening here in, in our community we'd been living here for you know, two years and 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 we, we were tired of living in a community and making no impact and so uh it's kind of weird you know one, one day hannah and i were talking and and then we both kind of looked at looked at looked at each other sideways and 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 we both had like we knew that we both had the same idea so we both talked at the same time and oh look we both wanted to, to start a you know start some kind of a bible study at the house and it's like you know we both came to that conclusion independently of one another so it's like the holy spirit was like hey uh, i got an idea so both of y'all need to need to you know, get to cracking um and so you know from that from that point you know we we started that you know you know that bible study in our home and and you know you know we we've now seen you know seen fruits of our labor uh both in and spiritual growth of the youth but also uh and 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 production of new christians you know uh, just back in may like i was saying at the start of this episode you know we uh we had in one day uh three salvations uh you know one was uh the the, the boy that i baptized tonight uh and then the, the, the there were two others which just walked up to the house first time ever said hey uh, how can we get saved I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's like, uh, you know, one of my former students would, would always say in, in Bible class in the morning, but God, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not, nothing that we do, you know, it's what God does. I, I mean, it's, I don't know, you know, it, it, if we just do what we're supposed to do, get up and get out of the way and let God do it, everything would be great. Uh, it's just, you know, we, 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 we get in our own way. Um, sure wish we had a little, a few more programs. Yeah, programs are trash. Programs, you yeah. know, pr- programs, you know, pr- programs were 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 good, you know, back in the you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, and uh, you you w- w- you know, like post-war, where you know where there was you know a need for uh for 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 a lot of structure within the church, but but the culture has changed far too much. No one cares about church at all, much right. less the structure of the church. Right, that's what I'm saying, and, and 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 that's why we need to get back to the biblical model. You know, of course, you know, meeting in meeting you know, on on Sundays, you know, and ha- having worship together. But you know, if if Sunday night and, and Wednesday night don't work for your community, change it. Do something. Do whatever it takes to reach your community. Because I mean, you know, uh, and, and, and you, uh, you know, some people really like really like Tom Rainer. Other people, not so much. Uh, I don't agree with everything he says, but there are some some things he, that I definitely do agree with. And and, and you know, one of his, one of the things he's he's known for saying is you know, change or die. Well, there are a lot of churches who are entirely unwilling to change, and they will die. And I'm not saying to change in an un, in an unbiblical way, but they need to change in a way that's more effective in reaching their community. Because Paul, he became all things to all people that he might save some. I mean, I. I if if Paul's doing it, you know the most prolific writer of the entire New Testament. I mean, I don't know. I I, I think it's you know, a pretty good example for us to do, right? Uh, yeah. And Jesus did the same thing. You know, he 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 went to he went to the sick. He went to the sinners. He went to. The, but anyhow, I I I'll get off my high horse here for a minute or soapbox. I mean to say, but uh, anyhow, that, that's that's just just something that that, that that has really been bothering me of late. Uh, is church's unwillingness to change. Um, but anyhow. Well, uh, do you, you have any uh, any, any uh, closing remarks, Aaron? Uh, I already said pretty much all I had to say. All right. Uh, I, I, I re- reckon my, my last little uh, tirade here is pretty much all I had to say, too. So um, I reckon, guys, uh, until next time, keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more.
Thanks for listening to the All The More podcast. If you like what you've heard or are interested in other related content, head on over to allthemore.com. That's allthemore with two O's, dot com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your other favorite podcasting app. Until next time, keep on searching out scriptural truths all the more.